0: The Project Sanctus Affinity Groups provide safe spaces for people to work within their own racial and ethnic groups. Join us every first and third Wednesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Zoom for brave, vulnerable conversations, and for building culture through engaging embodied practices. For more details and registration, visit ProjectSanctus.com.
1: Exploring the healing
0: and culture-building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All, with Reverend Ogun Holder and Reverend Kelly Issela. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of With Love and Justice for All. I'm Reverend Ogan Holder, here with my partner in crime and in consciousness, Reverend Kelly. And today, we're going to be talking about intersectionality and white feminism. I probably won't have a lot to say but <laughs> that's that's why kelly's here <laughs> is that okay with uh, you <laughs> i'm just saying like you know we got to know our lanes and um yeah this this probably probably more your lane but but um an important topic nonetheless and one one admittedly to give you a little behind the scenes of the podcast one that we've actually we kept pushing down on the calendar because every time we were going to talk about it, something, something happened, (laughs) something in the world happened. It was the, it was the leak about the Roe v. Wade uh, thing. And then it was the, the, the shooting in Buffalo. And, and we didn't do an episode last week. And since, since that, uh, since the previous episode, we had the shooting in Uvalde, Texas. And it's like, there's all, there's always, there's always Mm -hmm. a new fire before the last fire (laughs) has even been begun to be put out. So yeah, but we are going to talk about this. Uh, we wanted to, of course, um, you know, send out heartfelt condolences to to all the families who lost lives. Not just Uvalde, but there have been other there have been other shootings. I mean, just as we were sitting down to record this, to get a news alert about a, a shooting at Xavier University in in uh, New Orleans at their graduation ceremony. And so far, one dead, two wounded. Who knows if that count's going to go up? But Yeah, this is the madness of the world that that we live in. And I should say uh, United States, because this is a uniquely American problem. as was, uh, you know, gun advocates would want to tell you that it's not. But this is a uniquely American problem. And um, until we elect officials for whom solving this problem is actual priority. And I should say, like conservative um, politicians. Um, yeah, this is this is this is going to be the reality. So we have we shared a lot more thoughts at our previous episode when we talked about the shooting after Buffalo and uh, the uh, the white supremacist. What's the correct terminology? The white uh, supremacist assault, um, massacre, massacre, terror, act of terror. terror,
1: act of terror,
0: the act of terror committed by the white supremacists. Yeah. So. So yeah. So that's where we are. So we that's that's so we're gonna we're gonna talk about intersectionality, white feminism, and yeah, that's 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 the intro. Oh, I have more to say on the intro. Sorry, it's it's been a few weeks. A lot has happened um, since both personally and in the world. Um, as always, we 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 live stream this. Our recording on Facebook um, Tuesdays at around 3 p.m. Eastern. So if you want to listen in real time and share your thoughts in real time, you can hit us up on Facebook. Um, Project Sanctus is our uh, Facebook page. Our tag is I Get Our Holy On. You You can share comments anytime you listen to this. Please listen to this on all your platforms. Uh, on Podbean, please rate us, leave some comments on the, on the whatever podcast platform you listen to, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever. Um, um, Find us, uh, iHeartRadio, find us, um, leave a review, leave some ratings, tell your friends about us. And as always, please visit um project sanctus project sanctus.com um for more information about who we are what we do opportunities we have to be in conversation dialogue together um and create an anti-racist community that um supports love justice and equity for all i think i got it sounds
1: yeah. good to me
0: yeah shaking off the rust man it's only one yeah. episode and it's felt like oh my goodness so long so uh so we we had been talking about intersectionality, and you know, we were doing this in our IG live, and I think we might have done some episodes here as well. I don't know, did we? Yeah, we did. Um, mostly IG live that we did uh, yeah. uh, discussions around intersectionality, but but we thought we'd we'd bring it here to this platform as well. So so let's begin. Uh, with a just a brief re- recap of when we talk about intersectionality, what do we really mean? Because it's one of these terms that's being, uh, I wouldn't say misused, but but not being acu- accurately defined and, and put into proper context. So what do we mean by intersectionality? And and what do we mean by white feminism? How are the two related? And how do we put that fire out? <laughs> I'm already tired, and we were like, "What? Three, three minutes into the damn show, and I'm already exhausted." All right,
1: I, I'm feeling a little tired just listening to you.
0: Oh my goodness, it's so much. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, um, you know,
1: it's so. Let's just pause there for a minute. Let's yes. just, you know, we didn't do a uh, a podcast last week, and in, sometimes we don't do something that's on our schedule because we are actually practicing what we preach yes but right? yes. embodied anti-racism means listening to the body you know doing doing this work the you know being in the discomfort and you know being able to hold the charge of racism and and since you know we're talking about intersectionality the the charge of sexism and classism and ableism and and the the isms that that define our social location and just the fact that you say I'm exhausted only three minutes in and I'm tired it tells us how alive that charge is within our bodies and to pause, right? And, yeah. and take the breath and just simply acknowledge it rather than, you know, keep trying to push through, which is, can sound a little off topic and it's not really because that's how we, you know, in your words, put the fire out. There's and we don't do it in a year. And we don't do it in two years or three years. It's it's really long term because we are, um, um, you, you know, you, you the systems that we're wanting to dismantle or the culture that we're wanting to create an anti racism culture uh, is it has to come from our own you know embodied trauma healing first. Like, that's what has to, it's not even about trying to imagine or having a vision board or treasure map. And because otherwise, we're just imagining from within the system we're in, and that doesn't do it. So, um, so yeah, so we'll pause <laughs> to do our pausing uh, and breathing and kind of coming back to self, the grounding, the settling. So now, you know, I'll move back into our cognitive you know, brain about intersectionality and what it is. And it's a term that was coined by the scholar, Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw, back in the 70s. And she talks about the study of um, overlapping identities and the interaction between different power structures. Because we don't, you know, it doesn't, racism doesn't live in a vacuum. You know, there's, we don't, um, uh, they are, the, you know, the elements of our identity of race and gender and class and ableism and sexual orientation and religion, and uh, they all overlap. Um, there's, you know, it doesn't, uh, there's there's no way to kind of escape any of, any of the things that are our identity. So by applying this intersectional framework, we are better at we're better equipped at seeing the impact of these power structures um, that that we have been socialized in and that continue, and to be able to identify the inequities that uh, that are in our personal lives, that certainly within our spiritual communities, and which and I say that with with the emphasis on it because we have a tendency to think that's the last place they show up right. because we're so spiritual you know? right. and it's, it's just not so. Yeah. Uh, um. So the intersectionality is we talk about that and, and I'll get to white feminism a little bit um, in a few minutes, but that's part of it. And part of the, that, the fire that you're talking about uh, because it's not, it's, it's, it's almost it. It's the intersectionality of race and um, and gender, um, as well as race and gender and class. But really, it's you know race and gender when you talk about feminism. But it's not you know it's not the same for white women and black women. And when you start talking about feminism, and there's a whole whole more about that. But I I just I wanted to just stick with the. just intersectionality in general um because I think it also is the the better able we are to to see the intersections and to see the inequities within these different social locations the better equipped we are to respond to you know what's like you just got a message on your phone of there's another shooting and not and I don't mean better equipped to respond to it because I can go to my head and I can tease it apart and put it all in its cognitive framework, but I can, I can, you know, it's really a call to, to pause and go into, you know, do my own embodied, embodied, you know, healing work. And it'll also allows me to see the systems that create, you know, th- these massacres and the violence that continues.
0: And, and, and also the narratives that continue to support these systems. Yes. Right. Yes. So, you know, when, when we speak about gun violence, one of the, one of the narratives that's out there that, that people keep, uh, some people keep believing is, uh, you know, guns make a safe or the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And we saw that was not the case in Texas at all. Um, you know, so so these 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 narratives that continue to to perpetuate um, the systemic injustices um, are what we have to be more aware to uh, aware of and how much we've internalized them and subconsciously believe them, right? So, how many of us, for example, of own a gun believe in that it's for protection, totally ignoring. The statistic that says if you own a gun, if there's a gun in your home, that gun is most likely to cause the death of a loved one because yeah. you, somebody may find it. A child may find it. Uh, you may accidentally in the middle of the night be scared and shoot someone who happens to be a family member. And then most tragically of all, suicides. Um, that's most of the suicides in the U.S. are with guns that uh, somebody, somebody gets or finds in the home. So, so yes, uh, guns do not protect you and you are not safer with them. And there's so much research, evidence to bear that out, yet we still believe the narrative that if we have a gun, we are either safer or more protected against violence. And that is just statistically not true.
1: Well, there's more guns than there are people. in the u.s yes 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 they are a a no-brainer around that. yes they are
0: so when we speak of um like intersectionality and or white feminism um what what would you say are some of the narratives that continue to perpetuate that And, and you mentioned one earlier around um when we say feminism we make the assumption that we're talking about all women being equal beneficiaries.
1: Yeah. So the, uh, um, I mean, one way to to look at the like intersectionality of, of race and gender is you can and and I, I will get to the white feminism piece. I swear, I promise. Uh, is that um, just look at the wage gap, right? So the the the, you know men still make more than women and white women make more than black women. Yes. So there's an, there's an example that um, that goes with the white feminism, but just a, the idea of uh, the intersectionality of race and gender, race and class, right? Race and gender and class uh, that all intersect um, and, and knowing how these elements intersect it, it it helps us with the context of, of lived experiences. And for me, I think it's the when I the more I have an understanding of someone's lived experience, <clears throat> the more expanded my view is, the greater capacity I have to supporting dismantling of a system. Um, but when I don't have any context at all. And whatever it is, I was told that must be so. You know, I have this very narrow view, um, and so it, I I come. It's called individualism, and it's my lived experience. So if it's true for me, it must be true for you. Has you to know? be, <laughs> right? Um, but with you know understanding intersectionality and how you know um, you know elements of our of our identities overlap. Um, Allows me to say, you know, if I'm sitting in a in a room that's largely filled with white people, and there are some people of color, but I, I'm there for say a workshop or a music event or something. And I come away thinking, wow, that was really great. What a lot of fun. And it just felt so relaxing. And and so I assume the same is every for everybody. And and I don't right. know. And if it's the kind of event, and this is where this is where I've noticed for me is I'm at an event and I'll stick with the music one and there's there's policemen around at certain entrances that are there for quote unquote safety. And yet, so for me as a white body, I'm, you know, I leave and I'm like, wow, that was great. And I hardly even notice the the police. And I just have this sense of, it was peaceful. I enjoyed the music and everybody was, everybody had just a great time. And yet I, I'm assuming that everybody, you know, had the same experience I did without, and maybe they did, but, but it's the assumption part where I get into trouble because I don't know that bodies of culture sitting there with police around because we know um, that uh, the violence perpetrated on bodies of color is far outweighs the violence on white bodies. So I don't know if I'm a person of color at this music thing, I might be enjoying the music, but I'm gonna. I may potentially be more charged because there's police around. But it's, I, didn't, you know, I didn't.
0: I didn't know you were at that Garth Brooks concert with me, <laughs> seven years ago. He didn't. He didn't let me know you were going. But but, it's like you were there. <laughs> Musical okay. event. I'm surrounded by white people and police. Uh, Everybody seems to be having a good time.
1: Me. Yeah. It's like yeah, I mean I, I you know, I, I can't speak for a black-lived experience, obviously, and I don't want to. I just I have to think of these things. Um yeah. and as a white body, what am I assuming? Um, by and, not and, knowing the And those of you
0: listening, I know the first question's on your mind. Why were you at a Garth Brooks concert? Right. I and, give and, I, I I give my late wife credit for that. She was she was uh uh as 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 she was going through her her phase of of basically dying from cancer and was checking things off her bucket list. Uh, Attending the Garth Brooks concert was one of those things. And yeah, I was there and I got to tell you, I imagined going in there to have to be at an event, standing next to her, knowing that we probably just have a few weeks or months left. I thought that would be the most uncomfortable thing at the Garth Brooks concert. Mm Mm-mm. I can laugh laugh at it now, but that was, yeah, that was, that was not, that was not the most uncomfortable thing at all.
1: Well, and that's the, that's what happens when, you know, uh, when we don't pay attention. Right. Uh, And that's why it becomes so, um, so important to understand the context. Uh, So intersectionality is, you know, I said, it's, it's race and gender. It's race and class. I mean, race and class is, this is race, gender, and class is very much being played out with the, you know, Roe versus Wade.
0: Mm, Uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, also, also with, with these bizarre uh, conservative responses to, to school shootings, right? The, one of the, one of the underlying things is, well, you know, if you want to have an abortion, you can just go to another state and get one. Or, your, you know, if you feel your kids unsafe in a public school, you just put them in a private school. Right. And and yeah, no, that's 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 not access that everybody has. More specifically, those are who are economically disadvantaged, for which they are more bodies of culture, um, black folk, brown folk, and that's again by design. <laughs> right, right? Just, they just isn't they don't just happen to be more black and bore uh, black and brown poor folk that's by design
1: not not having access to resources that uh, that white bodies do by not, design by like design. like
0: like when we think about when we think about why if you go back to the buffalo shooting, one of the things that we that that we don't talk about a lot or it took a while to talk about is that grocery store was the only one that black folk had access to fresh vegetables, uh, fresh fruit, good produce mm-hmm. for miles and miles and miles around. Like it, it was, uh, you know, we use the term food desert or more accurately food apartheid. But because of things like decades and decades of of redlining and and stuff like that, there, there there just wasn't the availability till this grocery store came along. So, so so it was by design that, that 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 was a lot the only access to good nutrition and good food that communities of color had and thus made it the 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 chosen target for white supremacists. These
1: yeah. things
0: these things are not unconnected, folks. They're not they're not random. There's nothing random about any of these things.
1: Well, and I think that's one of the reasons why I think this kind of conversation about intersectionality is so important because we have a, at least within, you know, white bodies uh, population, generally speaking, this, this language around as though it's something random um, yeah. and yeah. trying to chalk it up to mental health yeah, you know, or mental illness. Uh, and,
0: and the one thing I want to say to folks who go to the mental health, mental illness argument is that, then how do you explain all the other countries that have people with mental health issues that are not having mass shootings? And the difference is the guns, right? Every country you go to, there will always be people who are struggling with mental health um, and 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 not getting the help that they need. And again, who likely are the people not getting the help that they need? Right. So we go we go back to that because, again, the resources aren't available to everyone. So, yeah, again, none of this, none of this disconnected because we look at Texas and, and you say, oh, well, you know, that wasn't that wasn't race motivated because it wasn't a white person that did all the shooting. Sure. And and this was also a state that's year after year after year slash funding uh, towards uh, mental health availability yes year after year so 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 the fact that they're going to roll out now and talk about how much they want to put towards this and support this and it's very sad that these uh you know resources weren't available well why weren't they available (laughs) you know yeah so yeah there's 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 that none of these things are random and we got to stop saying that they are because as, as long as we keep when we talk about narratives that perpetuate systems of violence and oppression as that's one of them that this is random because if we keep saying it's random then we will also keep saying there's nothing we can do about it and that's that's further from the truth they're not random there is something we can do about it
1: right and the the more that um, you know when we talk about it's saying with the guns, when you talk about banning guns or removing guns, recognizing that that's not going to gain any headway until you tackle the powers that profit, you know, financially from white bodies being afraid of blackness. Right.
0: And, um, so, and, and and to be fair, black bodies being afraid of the white bodies being afraid of blackness.
1: Yes. And and of, of course it's um it becomes this you know how guns become available it it you know and <clears throat> um it, you know illegally and making it's it's this it, it's this never ending loop of that perpetuates the white supremacy of how where guns get onto the street and then when they're sold um and then they um it, it just it perpetuates the the intersection of race and class it perpetual you know the 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 oppressive system of race and class it perpetuates the the race and gender right it's largely men yes with the guns yes Um, yes
0: yes 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 it is so now now we're looking at how the uh patriarchy and misogyny also support that right we have a whole we have a whole incel movement that's based on 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 the on the disturbing narrative that women are the problem for men who are lonely or um and yeah so 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 the 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 toxic masculinity that is very synonymous with being a man in america um as well perpetuates that supports that leads to that Um, you know we know we know that the 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 shooter from from uvalde you know had a history of threatening women online um as as well so yeah lots of again none of this
1: random no well and if if you look at um um the 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 murderer from buffalo he was arrested in his full gear holding his ar-15 so he he was holding his his guns and um white man and the police arrested him with all of his gear whereas if you look at the murder of george floyd he was not armed nope and um and was murdered by by uh Eric Chauvin kneeling on his neck. So yes.
0: Yes. The owning the owning a gun for protection did nothing to stop Breonna Taylor from right. being shot because right. again, her boyfriend thought the home was being broken into and he fired for his safety. I would I would have liked to have think the NRA, the gun advocates, would have been coming to his defense. Mm-hmm. Right? But of course not, because he's a black man and he shot at police. So, yeah. yeah. So there we go. There we, there we, there we have it, but
1: sorry, go ahead. No. Well, I, I also, I don't want to, you know, I, I want to move to, I want to, I do want to talk about the, the white feminism because I, I posted something the other day and have gotten upset a few white women.
0: Oh, here we go. Here we go.
1: Yeah. So, but I, but I also want to make sure because one of the places that because we all, you and I are able-bodied, you know, I I, I don't want to. I also want to make sure that we, um, when we talk about intersectionality, not to leave out the ableism, and yeah. and how uh, how um, how race and ableism, you know, the, those two um, elements of of our identity overlap and really can, you know, if I'm if I'm white and differently abled. My access to be included in the world is much greatly expanded than um, if I'm a brown or black body and differently abled. And that comes back to, you know, your point about it's not random, it's all connected, comes back to the services that are available, right? The the how many, how often are you, uh, this is a question that I keep asking myself and looking for, when i'm online and i'm in different different i don't know workshops classes or even in person ha- and there is someone let's i'll just use a deaf community for instance there is someone at the front of the room that is um, you know interpreting with uh, american sign language what's going on but how often is that person a person of color and right? mm, i don't yeah, often okay. see that most of the time what i see is a white body so that makes me question is, is, is it because of where the training is available and the education and the access to that education and training? Um, is it that, uh, you know, if I'm black or brown body, am I less likely to want to be in front of a room that's mostly white bot? You know, I don't, I'm just making that up, but I don't know. I just, I just wonder having access. Yeah in order to be connected.
0: Um, oh, I'm, I'm with, I'm, I'm with you. E- even, even the, even the basic question of is, is there an interpreter to begin with?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: You know, and, and I think um, for a lot, uh, the pros, the, 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 the pros and cons of AI and technology is that, yes, there's a lot of, especially um, archived videos, you know, there's, there's that, um, uh, Post captioning happening automatically okay. now, um, and I'm fairly sure it won't be too long before it's in real time. Um, so, so good for that. And to your point, then, you know, who, in terms of employment of interpreters, who, who, who's this going to affect more and most? Okay. Um, and yeah, so.
1: Well, and I and then I, and I also look at in terms of. Um... Because I was, because it was Memorial Day weekend, and yesterday I was at here in Kansas City in the World War One, the National World War One Museum and Monument, and um, noticing all the people that were, you know, veterans and families, and there was a lot, a lot of people, because it's a really a wonderful museum. But I was looking around at, um, uh, I, I just was noticing how many people had prosthetic you know, devices, whether it was an arm or a leg or, Mm -hmm. you know, or maybe they were in a wheelchair or had a walker. Um, And then, of course, I start to think about uh, access to that and not even just. So if I'm if I'm a veteran, I may have greater access because of the Veterans Administration. But if I'm not, you know, general population, again, it comes back to healthcare and and access to um, to. The, being able to navigate this this world um, more effectively more efficiently and you know and it and then it comes down to and then i start going in my brain i'm like blah, 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 because then it's like okay if i look at neighborhoods and what about you know the 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 public buildings within neighborhoods like is there because of redlining we know there are neighborhoods and communities that you know are um, resource poor, and so do they have you know the capacity to make their buildings accessible for all? And it's just this giant domino thing that I, I actually have to stop myself and, okay, stop. And not I don't have an answer to any of that. It just that's kind of how I, I have to almost at times navigate the world to see the intersectionality. so that I don't keep this one view box going. If that makes sense?
0: No, no, no. It it makes it makes complete sense. It's it's got to be an intentional practice of doing that. Right. Otherwise, we just we just we just fall into what's easiest, and what's easiest, um, you know, serves some of us and not all of us, and we then are perpetuating again the the systems. Right. So me as a me as an able-bodied man, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot of systems that up going in my favor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and mine too. And it's, you know, knowing the intersectionality of race and gender and class and able-bodiedness and all these different, uh, you know, sexual expression and um, religion and age and you know, a couple weeks ago I was in a group and and someone was one other member of the group said to a different member, OK, quit with the ages comments. You know? <laughs> and I was uh, I, I had to chat. I had to chuckle because it was just nice. It was just kind of nice to to uh, to just hear someone, you know, having the energy and, and feeling you know, comfortable enough to say that to someone. It yeah, was a, yeah. an older black woman speaking to a younger white woman. And, um, and it was just, you know, noticing that and, and, um, you know, feel her feeling safe enough or comfortable enough or whatever enough, but, but it was just watching it play out allows me to to just navigate the world very differently and see it very differently and continue to call myself higher or up or in, call myself in more often, to keep learning, to it doesn't end. And white feminism is one of those areas that that needs a whole lot more attention and needs a whole lot more voice from uh, from white women. so what happened was is I had posted something on on Facebook about um, about white feminism, and it wasn't I didn't I was it was someone else's post I was sharing it, and got um. um well, do, you, to, do, you, do
0: you remember what the post was, in case? Or what it yeah, said?
1: it was um. um uh, no, I don't remember the words right off the bat. And, of course, I didn't come organized enough to. And, of
0: course, I put you on the spot without giving you a heads up.
1: <laughs>
0: that's, well, yeah. that's how we roll, folks. That's how we roll. Right, right.
1: <laughs> um, so it was, it was in response to, uh, I believe, to the uh, Roe v. Wade. And um, it was a response to um, talking about. Uh, you know, feminism, and, you know, empowering women, and, um, and really, and kind of capitalism. And so the quote was, and it it comes from um, Gabrielle Alexa Noel, and this, she had it on a uh, um, Twitter, but it said, white feminism's blueprint for empowerment is always about women participating in capitalism the way men do. And rarely about imagining a world where everyone's basic needs are met. Mm. Yeah. You want me to say that again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hit us with that again.
0: That, that, there was a lot in there.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Hit us with that again. White,
1: white feminism's blueprint for empowerment is always about women participating in capitalism the way men do. And rarely about imagining a world where everyone's basic needs are met. Mm.
0: Gotcha. 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 So yeah, it's about, let's, let's, let's try to be like the men instead of going, huh, how do we, how do we, how do we create a whole new paradigm?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. So I, I I can see that. Yeah.
1: I posted it and got some, you know, a couple of, uh, um, you know, responses that were uh, one woman said it was incredibly offensive and divisive to talk about white feminism and someone else, a colleague. um, Divisive? Have they met you? Come on. I know. Sorry. (laughs) Well, you know, the irony of that, remind me to come back to the divisive things. I don't want to lose the thought I'm on right (laughs) now. And (laughs) it's highly likely I can. So one of my colleagues commented and, and was, you can't put all white feminists into such a neat and compact box. I'm like, okay, well, I didn't. Um, And just because Google says it's a thing, it doesn't mean that it is. I'm like, well, uh, true. And that's not what I said. (laughs) Um, Although, although I will say my mistake was that someone, someone else posted something and said how offensive that was and divisive and blah, blah. And I had said, uh, no, they had said white feminism, question mark, question mark, question mark. And I said, yes, it's a thing, Google it, which was my first mistake. Because I didn't take, well, I mean, really, I mean, part of me is laughing about that, and part of me is serious because I really, you know, to add more to, you know, sure. here's sure. where this comes from. There's a long history of um, of talking about Wi-Fi. It's not a new thing. It's not some newfangled phrase. It's not a trend. It's a real thing. So when my colleague says, you know, just because Google says it doesn't make it so, that's correct. And I'm not saying Google says, is making it so. Um, so what white feminism is, and this is where, um, you know, the, and as soon as someone's defensive and, and, you know, especially white bodies get defensive and push back, that's how you kind of know there's, for me, that's how I know and how my practice has been, okay, I'm getting defensive, therein lies the direction of my work. Because um, this is a, a woman, Um, this is a, a black woman who's making this, this statement. I need to pay attention. Yeah. It's, it's black women largely that have defined white feminism. And there's a reason for that. The, the, one of the easiest places to, to, to see white feminism is just Just in the example, how many women over the decades, when they talk about women's rights and the suffrage movement and that they forget that when they say when women got the vote, you mean when white women got the vote. Yep. Because there's two very different lived experiences.
0: And, and yes, you're, you're, you're correct. White women got the vote. Black women didn't till later. And, and. And I'm, I'm I'm on Facebook looking at the comments on that post. And one of the things the person says is Divis, divisory divisory history is part of why America is where it is today. Implying that, implying that there's no longer a white feminism problem, which is a very white thing to say.
1: Yes. Yeah just got to point that out. <laughs> I agree. Right. And, well, and so you see it. So what? So here's the, here's the the thing about white feminism is that yes, I can under I can understand how, how a white woman can hear it and go, "Wait a minute. I've been fighting for women's rights for decades." Yes. yes. And I'm not I'm not trying to be quite yeah, so monolithic not, yeah. about white women. No, and, we're, we're
0: not taking that away from you. No, not Grateful at all. Grateful for your service. Not at all. And to and be clear. <laughs> right. And 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 dot dot dot. When 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 be 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 clear as you as we've been saying, when we say feminism, it is it's not a broad umbrella that keeps everyone dry from the rain in the same way.
1: Right. Yeah. It's um
0: And it's not being divisive to point that out, right? So, 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 so the, the argument of it being divisive, that, that is, that is a great patriarchy narrative Mm -hmm. that, that helps to, again, sustain the system of oppression. That is, that is patriarchy. Right, because we can both end it. Yes, yes, you've done a great job for feminism. Yes, uh, we, we've covered great, great grounds and um, in, in, in terms of, of women's rights and the battle's not over. You know, you yeah. mentioned, you meant, and you gave example of the wage gap earlier and, and we can point to so many ways misogyny still exists. And to point these things, and and again, because we can also point to how they even more adversely affect uh, women of color, to point that out is not negating the work of the feminism that was done, but it's to acknowledge, again, that perhaps there needs to be more targeted work, there needs to be more Mm -hmm. um, inclusive work um, Mm -hmm. around feminism, and to... Examine the assumption that if I do a good feminist deed, that it is equally impacting all women in equal measure.
1: Yes, and that that's what. So I actually, it's it's. So I'm fascinated, in part, by the pushback, and and someone thinking it's you know divisory history, and yeah, you know, one, it's not history; it's very much alive, and but coming at it from the perspective that it's not an indictment. Right? It's not an indictment of anyone. It's asking white women to, to, um, to pay attention. And what I mean by that is that uh, um, the language that you use and that, well, so let's come back to Roe v. Wade right when we you know when we're talking about women's rights if i'm a white woman and i'm talking about women's rights and the right of you know for me to to tend to my own body and um and and take care of me and get the government out and get the men out i have to make sure that i am including in my empowerment you know whatever i'm doing and saying that i'm that i'm uplifting black women yeah I have to, because the, if I, if we're and centering black women's experiences and centering black women, because if you raise black women, everybody's raised. Yes. Because of the very nature of patriarchy of yes. white supremacy. So by, um, but our, but more often over the last century or so, feminism is really focused on white feminism, that um, that because we're assuming if if rights are given to women in a particular way, in a particular fashion, that all women will benefit from them. And it's, it just doesn't, it's not so.
0: And I also love, I also love, sorry, I'm still on this person's comments. OK. You know, they say don't read the comments, but, but these comments are very telling. Um, I've this uh one of the responses I've read and studied feminism on many levels inclusion is a part of the core of feminism especially modern times and I love that the when Me. you asked, when you asked, when you asked her to google it she said she didn't need to right because she's read and studied feminism on many levels So, so, so just the, just the thought of, because I know some stuff means there's nothing more I need to learn or, or know is, is fairly telling like that is, that is privilege defined right, right there. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I, I couldn't, there couldn't be possibly more on this topic that I don't know. Heaven for heaven, heaven forbid right. that this work I've been doing, albeit good, might not be as good as I thought it was. Well, shoot, yeah. that can't be right. So yeah, it's it's uh yeah, it's 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 very it's very telling.
1: Well, it's it's you know, and so here's here's where we uh we meaning white women get into a little bit of trouble in terms of. I want to empower all women, but here's where we get into trouble is we think because it was long ago. OK, so got it. The vote was given to white women was until years later that black women got the vote. It, the problem is, is that that still that structure, those unconscious unexamined assumptions are still in place. Right. Um, uh, there's it, it, when. Um, in 18 in 1866. Um, Emily or Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Susan B. Anthony, who were, you know, the beginners, the driving force of the women's suffragette and you know women's rights and the women's movement. But the the thing about uh, Elizabeth Cady Stanton is she was she was very clear that this did not include black women, even though black women were fighting for were behind the scenes fighting for the right. But but she was so this this white woman that was. You know, started this the women's movement, and Susan B. Anthony, but mostly Elizabeth Cady Stanton was very clear about um, um, not. And yet, in the same voice, was this uh, black suffragist, Frances Ellen Watkins Harper, who was preaching at the same at a sim, at the same event in 1866, telling the world that we're all bound up together. And that's what I want. So if I'm a feminist and I'm a white feminist, I want us to keep in mind that we are all bound up together. So where, keep fighting for women's rights. Please, please keep fighting. And start centering Black women because there's, you know, we want rights for all women and yet they are not, those rights are not equally distributed. And if Roe v. Wade is overturned, the access to healthcare is not equally distributed, right? Even it's,
0: even even with abortion still being legal now, access isn't equally distributed. Correct. It's only going to get worse if well, the overturn and, happens.
1: Yes, and and because of um, you know, lack because of redlining and lack of healthcare and and patriarchy and white supremacy world that we're in, it's the the decentering the whiteness. That it's that that some of the the it's not a zero sum game, right? right. Like right. like you know from Heather McGee's book that when we raise everybody when we raise a particular group of people everybody is raised. When we raise trans children's rights, everyone is raised and and has access to to health and well being. So in the feminist movement, when we raise um, point to um, um, black women's experience, and you know, stepping back and giving the voice, then all women are served. Um, because because of the system that we're in, white women will always benefit, but black black men women will not always benefit.
0: So what I'm hearing you say is, if we're doing justice work, let's find the people that are the most disenfranchised and oppressed. Because yes. we helped them out, we by default automatically helped everybody out who's above them yes. on the on the hierarchy of oppression. Yes. All right, we fixed it. we fixed everything. I'm
1: sorry. I know
0: is my, is my cynicism coming out a little bit. It's my cynicism showing uh,
1: so um yeah, that's that's I find the term I, I understand why someone would get triggered by the term, and yet what I have found i actually find it very empowering because it's like oh okay got it here's got my blinders on yeah and and um yeah it also is the the other thing about feminism is so this is the intersection of you know race and gender uh, is about feminism is that it, it we can very much have a tendency to do that universalism thing. So like the Garth Brooks concert, you know, oh well, i'm I'm benefiting from this, and so every woman is. Mm, yeah, not necessarily.
0: Yeah, no, ne- not necessarily at all. so so so, um, what what could we invite people to do? And we've been kind of like you know dropping hints here and there, but but more more more
1: succinctly. Well, there's an enormous amount of education um, that you mean so, we
0: might actually have to go Google something. <sighs> yes, sorry, I'm done. That's that's it. I'm I, done. That's, I, that was the last one. I'm done. I, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just well, being I, I'm just being rude at this point. I'm done. That's
1: okay. That's a uh, <laughs> it's well the so the so so first I would say if you are you know if if the the idea of it and the conversation of it. Um, is, you know, annoying to you or you find it offensive or stop trying to make everybody the same, you know, any kind of resistance to it or denial of it is really an invitation to do some self-work, do some self-awareness. And, uh, and so I, that's the first place I would ask people, like, why are you pushing so hard against something? And how can I, why is it divisive when I happen to think as it's an invitation to be inclusive? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's, so that's one thing. Two is there are um, a whole lot of resources that, that um, um, you know, people to read uh, things to, let's say, um, I mean, read anything, Angela Davis, Bell Hooks, um, um, you know, the um, the woman that actually just recently wrote the book called White Feminism. There's a book it's called White Feminism. And her first name is Koa, K-O-A, I can't remember her last name. Uh, it, so read about the, um, we've talked about this before, the Combahee River Collective, which is was a group of, back in 1974, a group of black feminists who came together to, you know, for
0: yeah.
1: women's rights. Um, um,
0: white Feminism was written by Koa Beck. Thank you. I Googled I it. Beck. Okay, I was done before, sorry. Just... <laughs> you found it by Googling it? I found it by Googling it, how about that? So, hey, guess what, it's a real
1: thing. It is.
0: Oh, it's <laughs> a real thing, but somebody wrote a book about it. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm in space today. I'm in space.
1: Does it? <laughs> all, I'm, well,
0: all, I'm, well, all I'm doing is continuing to alienate people, As suppose.
1: Well, to. it'll probably prompt some more mail for us to respond to. But but the Combahee River Collective statement, and you can Google that, C-O-M-B-A-H-E-E, River mm-hmm. Collective, is our Black feminists who came together for, you know, in a coalition, you know, for progressive organizations and progressive movements. The other thing, uh, so and I not learned just, about that.
0: And not just Black men, Black queer women. Yes, Yes, that's I mean, we haven't even talked about. Yeah. Talking about intersectionality. They they were black queer women. Yes. Yeah.
1: So another thing that that when you ask, what can you do is look at the progressive organizations that you follow, you belong to, you've contributed to, you're involved with and look at the um, look at the structure. Right. Look at who's present. Look at who's the voices up front. look at who, yeah, like look look at who's kind of driving the boat and like, look around. Is there, do you notice a bisexual cisgender woman? Do you see, you know, transgender woman, an immigrant woman, uh, you know, a visibly disabled woman, a, you know, uh, you know look at who's present. And, and who's not present, like who belongs, but no. isn't here. Look at the Facebook groups that you follow. Look at the, the ones you're part of, right? Just go look at your friends, pull up your friends list and see, you know, what that, how that looks. The, you know, the, um, one of the, the, oh, the
0: and, of- and don't, don't make it awkward by going to go try find some people and say, Hey, I want to be your friend because,
1: right. right. <laughs> I need more black friends. Will you yeah. please accept my yeah. friend request? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, look at, at, look at the water you're swimming in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and realize again, it's not by random. It's not random that you're, you're, if you don't have a diverse friend body, that's not random.
1: No, not at all. One of the organizations on Facebook that gets a lot of, uh, Pushback around this, the white feminism is pantsuit nation, mm. and most of us are familiar with. You know, most women are familiar with pantsuit nation, um, and uh, but it's you know if you go through and you just kind of look, it's it's being willing to to just step back and and view it a um, a yeah, little okay. more with a, a expanding your view a little bit, which requires. As soon as you find yourself annoyed and triggered and arg you know doing the embodied work uh noticing that i don't want to pay attention to my power and privilege you know i'm as a white body i'm less likely to see my own whiteness and and the one who really needs to see it the most and i how i do that is have others in my life to help me even though they annoy the crap out of me
0: this is this is this is why i keep myself surrounded by really smart women, because they don't—they don't hesitate to let me know when I am perpetuating the sexism and the misogyny and the patriarchy. Because I—I—I I think I've come so far, and there's so much further for me to go. And—and and like that person responded on your on on your Facebook comment, I am not making the assumption that because I'm here sitting on this podcast with you saying the things that I'm saying and the things that I know that there's still not so much of that embedded in me and being surrounded by other men, isn't going to get to it. Um, We had, we had a great moment a few days ago. Uh, I went out with, um, it was my sister, my, my daughter, um, another, another, a great woman friend that I met a few weeks ago and one of my longtime friends from childhood here in Barbados. And we were all, you know, we went out for some drinks, for some food, we were all sitting around talking. And it became very clear that as much work as my friend has done, my male friend, in his own personal evolution, the, 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 the just water of patriarchy was just spewing out of him. And these women were just like working on him. Mm. You know, and it was sort of like looking to me for help. And I was like, nah, you on, you're on, you're on your own. And not because I'm scared of these women. No. It's because <laughs> they're they're right about this. <laughs> like you, you know what I'm saying? And 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 we get to listen and at the very least, as men, you know, as we're talking question feminism as men go like huh am i even willing to listen and question how not if how i'm perpetuating the system of patriarchy because one of one of the things he was saying is that you know it's 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 because of their sexuality and and women have the power to upend the system of patriarchy. And I was like, dude, no, don't. No, that's not that's not how this works. Don't say that out loud. No, it's it, it's us. We're we matter the problem. We've got to do the work like, yeah, you know, uh, and and, uh, and I do uh, uh but I don't think he came wrong on that in in any tremendous way. No, he did actually later uh you know send send me a text and go you know that 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 discussion gave me a lot to think about and Mm. and that's good that's a good thing because that's that's sort of where it starts with that with that self-reflection but you gotta hear you gotta hear from others which means you can't keep yourself in an echo chamber yeah and again if the people who surround you are primarily those who look like you sound like you think like you right Congratulations. You're in a very comfortable echo chamber and no one's gonna be calling me on your shit. And you yep. need you need you need people to. You need people to be able to say, you know, here's here's how here's how we've all been perpetuating these
1: systems of oppression. Um so so yeah. Right. Well one of the um one of the the um obvious um organizations here in the US is the, now the National Organization of Women, um, mm-hmm. you know, it it really focused its efforts on um, increasing women's corporate and political reach. Um, they really did not, um, and I don't see that anything's changed in other similar organizations. But they didn't they didn't reach out to marginalized women, low income women. Mm. Um, they did not reach. They really didn't reach across the Um, the bridges. And so um, by leaving out marginalized women, by leaving out um, disenfranchised, by, you know, leaving out um, uh, women of color, women of color just started creating their own alternatives. Yeah. Um, And so uh, by, so actually, (laughs) that's how you get divisiveness. Yep. Not by saying there is such a thing. But
0: um, so I'll keep working at it. Yeah, we'll keep plugging away. Um, so I'm um are people. Okay. <laughs> hey, man, can't make an omelet, right? Uh, so <laughs> uh, so a few reminders of some upcoming things that we always have going on. Um, if, you, uh, if you ever are looking for a safe space to engage in these kinds of conversations, uh, twice a month, first and third Wednesdays, we have our, our communal and affinity groups. Um, If you're listening to this, I'm assuming I will get this up and posted later today, Uh, and this is Tuesday the 31st, Uh, we will not be having a communal group on Wednesday uh, 1st. We usually have one on on the first Wednesdays of the month. We're not going to have one uh, this Wednesday, June 1st, Um, but we will have our usual one on the third Wednesday of the month, which would be the 15th of June. Um, So first and third Wednesdays, usually every month at uh, 7:30 p.m. Eastern time on Zoom. Um, we also have um our 8:46 book club. We're continuing to um, um, explore Quaking of America um by resma Menonikum, author of My Grandfather's Hands, um, and do some a lot of actual somatic and embodied practices during that time. And then, if you want another opportunity to practice, um, um mindful embodied anti-racist work uh, for just like 20 minutes um, Thursday mornings at 10 AM Eastern time. Uh, We're on Facebook um, uh, facilitated and lead in practice. You can watch us live. You can watch the recording of the video at any point in time. And then afterwards on zoom, if in real time, um, we open up the space for some uh, discussions. Um, there's always this podcast uh, you can listen to and share and that's, that's the regular stuff happening. We do have um, a conscious anti-racism uh, workshop coming up that will be on June 5th through 9th. So that's next week. Oh my God, that's next week. Next it week. It is. It's
1: Sunday. This coming Sunday night.
0: <laughs> Sunday night, June. Where does the time go? Conscious anti-racism. Uh, this will be done uh, as part of Unity of Gaithersburg uh, Spiritual Education and Enrichment uh, Week of Activities. So head over to unityofgaithersburg.org and you'll find some links to register there. So that's Conscious Anti-Racism Workshop, uh, June 5 through 9, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. So it's a Sunday through Wednesday evening uh, um, workshop. And is that it? Did I cover everything? I think that's about it for now.
1: That seems like enough for now
0: terms, what we got going on. So as always, thank you for listening. Um, please continue to support us. Have, head over to project see what we got going on, make a donation. Also uh, reminding you of our bookstore partner, BlissBooksAndWine.com. books and Wine, uh, uh, use the code 846 book to get 10% of your purchases. Um, and that includes for our upcoming fiction uh arm, fiction component, fiction part. I don't even know what to call it.
1: Our
0: fiction series. Fiction series. Ugh, keep it simple, Ogan. Keep it simple. The you gave series. me
1: that word a couple months ago when I was having trouble. All
0: right. Well. It takes a village. takes a village. Uh, our fiction series are, is coming up. Um, this is more traditional book club format. Uh, the, the authors are Black women um, and their novels and we every third thursday of the month i believe we're sorry every fourth thursday of the month clearly i came without my notes also of the are you sure about that i'm gonna take your word for it uh
1: thursdays yes
0: um no no yes no it's not on my calendar it should be on my calendar that's what it says on the website then that's what i'm gonna choose to believe why do (laughs) i not have this on my calendar so the first one is together. June 23rd. Yeah, I thought I had the these on my calendar alright you All right, y'all, my bad. I will, uh, I stand corrected. So every fourth Thursday of the month, uh, we'll get together on and Zoom and, and talk about the book. Talk about the book. So sign up for that at uh, com. So now I think that's it. <laughs>
1: <sighs> we take As one always, week off
0: and the wheels are falling off the train. Well, there's
1: a little bit more than just taking one week off. And- it, this is true this is true and we're always open to comments and uh email and uh feedback feedback yep yes okay
0: um so thank you all very much uh thank you for being on this journey of creating a world of love justice and equity for all we love you and uh we'll see you next week